Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode. (laughs) So I've been thinking about this. I had the idea last week. I learn so much during coaching sessions. It's insane. And I get to coach about, uh, I usually take on 10 clients at a time and I have the group coaching calls. So I get to talk to people a lot because I have two coaching sessions per week per client. Plus the group coaching sessions are also twice a week. So I get to talk to so many different people uh, about bulimia recovery in all different sorts of stages. I also get to talk to older clients who have check-in calls with me. So lots of talking throughout the week. And I share one podcast per week, plus some content here and there on Instagram about just some of the information I get and the things that I learn during my coaching and how it could apply to you. However, it just seems like I'm wasting tons of valuable information. I take tons of notes during coaching. And so I thought, why don't I, for bonus episodes on the podcast, do top lessons learned from coaching throughout the week? I may not air these every week, probably depends. Like next week I'm traveling, going on vacation, probably won't um, post these things, post one of the bonus episodes. But occasionally I think that I will post a top things learned during coaching uh, throughout the week episodes. And so here is today, the first one. This episode will be more casual. I'm just gonna record this throughout the week as I learn things. And um, so it'll be kind of a hodgepodge of me put together and uh, you'll get to watch it. And these will be shorter than normal episodes, but here is the first lesson. So one of the first lessons is slow things down. So I talked to a lot of clients about how they binged and purged and what happened. And so many people tell me, they're like, it just happened so fast. It happened so instantaneously. I didn't have time to think about it. There was no way to make a decision. It just happened. Um, There's no way to stop it. I really didn't have control. And when we talk about this, I usually ask them really simple questions. Like, what were you doing before this happened? And they'll give me a vague answer. And then I'll be like, no, where, like, where were you in the house? What were you sitting down? Were you up? Were you working? Uh, What were you working on? And what happened after you stopped working? I was talking to specifically a client just now about how she was sitting and she was having breakfast and she grabbed her um, after her daughter had finished eating. She ate the rest of her daughter's like breakfast. And then she got something else in the cupboard and something else and ate like a bit of here and there. And then finally was done after she had eaten a whole lot more than her breakfast. And so I asked her, you know, first she was saying, I just didn't have control that moment. It just happened. I just couldn't overcome it. And then I asked her, you know, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Were you sitting down? okay, you're sitting down during breakfast. When did you realize that your daughter's breakfast was available? And she was like, you know, now that you're thinking and you're asking me these questions, I'm realizing I was thinking about it while eating. I was considering like hoping that she wouldn't finish her breakfast so that I could have some. And if we hadn't been asking those questions, she wouldn't have realized that her binge or overeating 
was a lot more premeditated than what she realized. She was, she had already thought about it before she even sat down to eat her breakfast, that that was going to go on. But because it was going on subconsciously, a lot of these processes that happen, guys, the reason they feel so instantaneous is you're not aware of what's going on. You're not aware of all the things you're thinking in the moment. You're not aware of it. It's like watching a movie for the first time versus watching it the second time, which is why reviewing what happens in binging and purging sessions is really important because as you watch a movie back the, from the first time, you watch it a second time and you start to pick up on subtle foreshadowing that they're doing that you didn't pick up on the first time. You didn't see like little hints that actually that person was a serial killer. But same thing goes when you're reviewing binging and purge episodes, you're asking subtle things like, where were you? It triggers your memory. It triggers what you might've been thinking and it takes you back to that moment and makes you realize, right, it wasn't so clear cut and dry. And I actually knew I'll give you another story. I would, I just took on a new client. Um, and just to let you guys know who are listening, I do not have spaces available now until mid August. I, um, so if you would like to be coached with me, um, please go ahead and book an appointment and we'll maybe get started in August. But anyway, another client I was talking to had a situation where she was home alone. She had just finished all of her work that she had done. She had already been home. She had already eaten a meal and she was doing computer work in the living room or something. And once she finished her computer, her computer work or whatever, she put her computer away and she walked she was walking towards the kitchen, I believe already. And she saw herself in the mirror, didn't really like how she looked. And then went to the kitchen and said, I'll just have a little bit of something which created obviously a binge and purge. Now, when we slowed that process down, I said, what were you doing before like you put your computer down? What made you get out of your chair? Why did you even get out of the chair? And she said, I guess I was just done with work. I didn't have anything else to do for the night. I didn't have any goals to finish. And so I said, okay, so what made you then go to the kitchen though? And she said, I think it's because I just wanted a little something to eat. I was kind of bored. And I just thought, why not? Um, I didn't think I was going to binge, but I did think I could have a little taste of something. First wrong move, right? Or actually her first wrong move was not necessarily having a plan before she got out of the chair. Her body just automatically was like, you're done. There's nothing to do. And a lot of times when people who struggle with bulimia, if there's nothing for them to do, their mind instantaneously goes to binging. So when you're finished with something, something really helpful to do is decide what you want to do before getting up out of the chair. Because if you get up out of the chair, you're already in motion. It's a lot harder to make decisions and good decisions at that. Deciding, hey, what do we want to do? Our mind is saying that we want to go to the kitchen. That's actually a really big red flag. Even, especially since we've already had a meal, we already feel fine. We're not actually hungry. And then I, we also talked about how noticing when she says something like, I just want a little taste of something. I just want a little bite. That's code word for binge. It's not, I know people sometimes can be like, well, sometimes I'm just craving something, but I know, I tend to notice, I've talked to a lot of people about how they binge. A lot of them say things like, I'm just curious what's in the fridge. I just wanted to take a peek into the cabinet. I just wanted to look right? It's like, mm, I just wanted to sniff the drugs. I just wanted to take a look at what, you know, I just wanted to see them. I just wanted to look at it. It's not a big, it's like when you're stalking your ex, right? You're, you're like, I'm not interested in going back. I totally know everything's fine. I just wanted to check his Facebook profile like, or his Instagram profile again. I swear on my fake profile, I, nothing's wrong. I'm not interested. I just wanted to see right? It sounds innocent, but we all know what's actually going on. So 
catch yourself in those moments. And if you just binge and you feel like it happens super instantaneously, ask yourself some questions like, what were you doing beforehand? What actually made you get up and physically walk to the kitchen or whatever the food there? What made you actually pick it up? And why didn't you try to maybe stop? What happened there? How did you convince yourself to binge? What thoughts provoked you to get there? And what was happening beforehand? And then how could you do it differently? Were, was there an early stopping point? And there always usually is. Um, look into those. Don't give up. It's going to be some really helpful advice for you. Another coaching lesson I learned this week or last week is just that medication isn't giving up. So uh, this is a short uh, little tip, but um, short little important thing to say. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I cannot recommend or prescribe treatment of any kind, medication of any kind, all that sort of stuff. But I do have clients who have gone on uh, antidepressants um, who are currently on antidepressants and they get that through their doctor. But I had one client recently, she really quickly realized, Hey, I'm feeling really down. And I felt like this before last time I was depressed and she got antidepressants and she's doing a lot better. Um, there's no shame in getting antidepressants. If you need them, you need them. Another lesson learned from coaching this week is that it's so easy for you to start believing that binging and purging is actually the easy way out that it's actually easier to um, buy a bunch of food, get a bunch of food, eat tons of food, push your stomach and your body past its limits to exhaustion and fullness, and then um, purge such a violent, exhausting act to do to your body, literally thrashing your body around unless it's easy for you to purge, but it's still violent for your body to do, traumatic event for your body, and then clean up any evidence and then sit with the exhaustion of everything that just happened and the guilt and the shame and all everything in between. It's easier than just taking a break, than just chilling and sitting on your bed or lying down. It's, it's easier to binge and purge than it is to do that. It's crazy. And I, I'm not trying to be harsh with those people that think this way, but I see a lot of people do this. I see a lot of people, and I saw it this week, people convincing themselves that actually recovery is harder than staying in bulimia. Recovery is harder than doing the things that I'm doing day in and day out, thinking about food constantly, being obsessed with food, um, constantly worrying about if someone's going to find out when can I binge and purge, having urges to binge and purge, managing urges to binge and purge, um, dealing with anxiety and stress with bulimia on top of that, the physical problems that come with bulimia. Recovery is way better and dealing with the stress of recovering is way better than staying in bulimia. Bulimia is so much harder, so much harder. It's like you're trying to move around life with a ball and chain tied to your feet, trying to swim up to the surface, but you have this anchor attached to you. Bulimia is really difficult. Maybe not everyone. Maybe there's people that can figure out how to deal with life with bulimia in it. For me, it was really, really hard to manage most of my life when I had bulimia attached to me. Um, it was hard to have a moderation. It was exhausting. And I don't ever believe what your brain is telling you. I had, you know, we have the group coaching going on right now, which is amazing. But one of the people in the program is um, a former client of mine who transitioned to the group coaching after working with me because she needed some more time and more help and support. And she felt like it was a good transition, but she is a dancer and she's following her dreams, so inspiring, but she's really finding it difficult to argue with why recovery is worth it. And she's also finding herself arguing to herself about why recovery 
isn't actually worthwhile. Bulimia, giving into binging and purging is worthwhile. But when I talked to her about it on this group coaching call, it was interesting because to binge and purge, not only is she getting the full benefits of it anymore, the benefits, you know, you might argue are there. Um, she has to eat in public always. She has people serve her food. She can't just go out and get her food. She has to find secret places to purge. She can't really fully like indulge in all the food she wants and the freedom. And she has to be present. People sometimes come by and say hi to her. She then that's not very fun while you're binging and someone's around. Um, she doesn't even get to binge on the food that she really wants to binge on all the time and people are questioning how much she's eating, all that sort of stuff. Plus she's doing dancing all the time and dress rehearsals, all this sort of stuff. Um, it's physically exhausting her body. And then she's adding binging on top of that, binging and purging. It's a lot more work to find out how to binge and purge than it is to deal with managing urges and thinking, um, practicing not thinking about food throughout the day. Um, she was saying, well, if I don't binge, then I think about food all the time. and. I would say, I would argue that just focusing on, hey, we're not thinking about food. Hey, we're not thinking about food. Hey, no, we're not thinking about food. Throwing that fish back out into the water every time your brain uh, fishes it out, right, um, is easier long-term and more worthwhile for your mental energy than giving into binging and purging. And it's causing you more exhaustion and more fatigue on top of all the other fatigue and exhaustion you're putting on your body. It's crazy though. It's crazy. You know, when we say it out loud, it's so easy too. It's, it's so easy to go, oh, that person's crazy. Why were they even thinking that? That's stupid. But when you're in it, you're in it. And you start to believe the convoluted stuff your brain will try to come up with to keep that binging and purging in your life makes no goddamn sense, right? But you're like, I want it. I want the hit. I want the feeling. I have the compulsion. I need to fulfill this desire. Your brain will come up with any reason how it can do that, right? You have to really be vigilant about this makes no fucking sense, right? So I just, I feel really passionately about this because I've been there. I have argued with myself for why to keep Alenia in there. And I've seen it time and time again with clients, with people that comment on my Instagram posts. They've, you know, said, Hey, you, it's actually easier if I just, you know, if I don't binge and purge, I have to do all this other stuff. It's just better if I do that. Don't do that. That's <laughs> the worst possible thing. And I, I sent an email out about belief and kind of believing that there's a better life out there for you. My heart breaks when I see these people that talk about this because they don't realize the freedom that could be there for them. They don't realize what life could really be like if they just keep going through the hard times right now, if they keep going through the difficulty of recovery. If you knew, let's say like in sales, right? A lot of people say, you know, starting a business is hard and figuring out how to market is hard. And I don't really want to do it. I want to give up. But if you knew in the future, you could make millions of dollars if you just kept going through dry spells and people not signing up and people not caring, you would keep on going because who cares if you have a couple of bad financial years, you're going to make millions of dollars someday. Same for bulimia recovery. If you knew that you were going to live a life where you didn't think about food constantly, where meals didn't provoke anxiety, where you ate what you wanted and it wasn't a big deal and your weight didn't go all over the fucking place, you actually had a body that you liked and felt healthy at and comfortable at and not bloated constantly. Your digestion worked normally. You weren't constantly obsessing about everything about bulimia. You had other interests in your life that gave you so much more joy and you were present for things. You felt fulfilled in your job and relationship and career. Um, and you just all of these things, countless reasons to recover from bulimia. You didn't have this ball and chain waiting around. You didn't have all the extra anxiety from it. 
But right now, doing some thought work, doing some mind management, going through a little bit of exhaustion, working through urges, you would go through that. If you knew that was on the other side, you would be like, hell yeah, sign me up for the hard times. I'm here for it. Because on the other side, there's an oasis. Now, um, bulimia recovery doesn't always solve all those things, but it gets you to the point where you can figure out how to solve all those things, which is what happened to me, whichever way you want to do it. But it is so, so important to recognize that the pain and suffering of bulimia is really something that doesn't pay back. Uh, but the pain and suffering of recovery pays back tenfold. It's like a bad investment, right? You're making a really poor investment when you're um, buying bulimia. If you're investing into bulimia, you're not getting your investment back. You're just getting the immediate gratification. You're paying for a service. You'd think that this lesson would be obvious, but um, sit down for your meals instead of picking at them or taking little snacks. Mindful eating goes really underlooked, but if you just sit down, breathe, eat slowly, put your fork down in between bites, it does wonders for your digestion and wonders for your satiety levels. You're gonna feel much more satiated if you just eat a full meal while seated and not distracted than you are if you're eating on the go while you're trying to take care of your kids and you only ate two and a half granola bars and then start picking at the leftovers that you have or picking at your kids' um, little bread that you're making their sandwiches out of. It's not going to work out and you're probably going to eat more than you wanted to because you keep not feeling satisfied by the little bites and your digestion isn't functioning as well because you're stressed and on the move and on the go. Digestive system does not work properly that way. So sit down for your meals. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Another lesson learned from coaching. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.